that we have listeners and i have to shout out to the entire estrada group from arizona because i just had dinner with these fine outstanding people um, this past weekend i do too and uh aunt linda and uncle james and jennifer and elizabeth and christian carrie the whole group wonderful people all fans of the podcast and you know they've been traveling and so they've listened to our stuff and got a lot of complaints about our gap in work history as far as podcasting is concerned. So yeah. I, w- I want to shout out, but there's been a, they really took the uh, Android iPhone debate, really ran with that with some friends, uh, Elizabeth in particular, shout out to Elizabeth if you're, if you're listening to this, because she got some friends involved and they settled some debates in her, in her work and schooling organizations. So, well, I hope she uh, made listeners out of all of them. I do too, um, because it's been it's been a while, and I hope that we are able to maintain. It's it's been just we. I know I recently moved. Kids started school. Um, you've been going 110 miles an hour. Um, it it seems you got another dog. I really want to talk did. about this. Yeah, uh, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Um, well, let me just and tell it's not you another the small dog. You have like two big dogs. Uh, yeah, I've got two labs now. Before before you tell your story, I just want our listeners to know this about you. Some of our early interactions when you were entering into the Flores family, you had some commentary about dogs. And it I think wasn't I had some commentary about your dogs, but <laughs> it was about owning dogs. And let me just say, if we flashed back to if we went back to the future 
to the year 2012, I believe. Was that the year? Yeah, that- that's when we got married. Yeah. That, Stephen, would not have fast-forwarded a decade in advance and been like, yeah, I'm going to own two Labradors. So You're right. You're not life, wrong. Life changes. Life comes at you fast. This is 30. Uh, how is dog number two treating you, buddy? Well, let me just let me just rewind for a second here and and clear my good name because this was never who I was supposed to be. Uh, we got bamboozled into the first dog. Uh, she right. was old when we got her. Uh, she was seven, two and a half years ago when we got her, almost three years ago now, I guess. Uh, so she's going on ten at this point, and she is getting old. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, she's she's not who she once was. Uh, we didn't even know her in her glory days, but she's not even who we knew her to be three years ago. And we started to prepare Joel for her inevitable passing. Um, Mm -hmm. She's a lab pointer mix and she has very few teeth. She is very smart. She's very loyal. We love this dog. She was the perfect first dog for us. This is Cody, um, dog and, number one. Yeah, this this is Cody. And I just feel like her remaining years are fleeting. At the best case scenario, she's on the back half of the back nine. She's definitely so, past her prime. Absolutely. Yeah. So we started kind of casually mentioning to Joel, like, hey, bud, like when Cody goes to heaven, do you think you'd ever want to get another dog? Cody is not going to heaven. She is staying here forever. Cool, 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 cool. Um, so we kind of started thinking through how this is going to go yeah. and knowing Joel and knowing how, um, just overly dramatic he can be, which by the way, he's now decided he's going to be an actor. Uh, that's another story for a little bit later. Uh, but knowing that he, he loves deeply. Yeah. He loves deeply and he is very attached to his dog. We thought maybe the best way to do this is to get a second dog before the first one passes. Yeah. So that there's at least something to, you know, to have and to hold while he's grieving. Um, so we started this conversation, I don't know, less than a week ago. Started looking at all different kinds of breeds. I had my preferences. We were looking in the golden doodle, labradoodle, you know, genre, some some kind of poodle mix that was probably going to shed very little and be hypoallergenic. Not that I'm allergic, not that that matters. Anyway. We keep looking, and there are uh, there are all these websites. Which, if you've, sh- I, I know you shop for dogs on Craigslist, I'm, uh, which yeah. I I put my toe in for a minute and thought this is not yeah. my place. I am out no. of here. You gotta um, have you gotta be anointed for that particular. But I'll tell you this mission much. field. In, Instagram is worse. There yeah. are Instagram scams uh, all, all over. over the place about dogs. And well, so, the dog, the dog, the dog market is already a scam. Like people charging three thousand. I'm not even talking about purebreds, but I know some people that are like, I have, I have Siberian Huskies. They're nine thousand dollars each, and this one has one eye. If you want a purebred, it's going to be more. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> so we we looked around several websites, sent some feelers out to get the dog that we were kind of wanting was going to cost us like two months rent. Okay. I just don't yeah. see that making any sense whatsoever. Take, take out a loan for a dog. 
Yeah, right. Like, do you guys finance? Some places yeah. do. That's the thing. Like, you know that is insane to me. Only four more payments, and this dog is I'm, ours. Yeah, I, I am. You know, I, I otherwise don't really, the bank is going to seize it. I'm not really much of a Dave Ramsey guy, but when it comes to buying a dog, I'm all cash. All right? With pets, you definitely should yeah. finance. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm not doing a 30% interest rate on this. Thanks, guys. So I, uh, we just keep looking around, and I had this bright idea. Like, well, let's – I thought that they sold pets at Petco or PetSmart. Mm, they don't. A common trap. <laughs> yeah, they don't. No. So I looked up on their website. What they do is they host adoption events from like mm-hmm. local shelters. And so that kind of got us down the rabbit hole of a rescue and looking uh, that route. But a lot of these rescues are like 14 years old mm-hmm. and uh, have like. They're not really a dog like, you want to rescue. No, no. Um, do you ever see the movie Daddy's Home with yeah. Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell? It's and he got on the dog. The dog's name was Tumor. He said, oh, it's tumor because it grows on you. Those are most of the dogs at yeah. the PetSmart Petco adoption mm-hmm. events. And what's sad about that is that you know those are probably the best ones. Those are the ones that before they left, they're like, these are our prettiest ones that have the best chance of going home with somebody today. It was rough. We yeah. went to one, and this company, this uh, shelter, they they wanted like a pint of blood and to do like a home visit to make sure that I was the best fit for these dogs. <laughs> and I was like, I'm a better fit for these dogs than whatever the alternative is. Are you kidding me? And it was no, leave him in the long, cage. arduous yeah. process uh, about getting a dog from this one shelter. So on a whim, we noticed that um, there was Petco was having one at the other uh, location um, kind of on our way to where we were going. So we stopped. And uh, there, there he was in the in the trailer. Yeah, um, he's a ten week old black lab Ooh, mix. A puppy. Yeah, he's a puppy. Um, which first of all was kind of like, okay, we can have this dog for twelve to fifteen years. Like that's that's and cool now, yeah. Uh, you still want to keep that dog he, for 12, 15 years? That absolutely. <laughs> Let me tell you, has, he, has that puppy destroyed I, anything yet? <laughs> no, he is. He is pretty much the jackpot. Um, I don't know what his mix is. I'm actually, I think I'm going to buy one of those uh, dog DNA kits where you can swab your dog's mouth and then send it in. They tell you exactly what his his mix is. Like 23 uh, because, and me, but for dogs. Yeah, exactly. But he he's definitely a lot of labs. Sponsor us. First of all, 23 and me, sponsor the Stephen and Stephen show. We'll give you lots of airtime because uh, you would be our only sponsor. He... <laughs> He is, uh, he's not as crazy energetic as I assumed a puppy would be. Uh, in fact, he's pretty chill, but I think a lot of that is we have an almost 10 year old dog in the house yeah, who kind house. of rule. So it's her house from her. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, nah, pup. We sit on the couch and watch TV for six hours a day. Yeah. That's, what that's we do. our thing. We're watching yeah, reruns so, of the office. Yeah. If you, have you seen this episode of law and order special victims unit, <laughs> you're going to learn. This is West Wing, new guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, he, he's just, he's chilling. Um, yeah. He obviously, I mean, he's got all his shots. He's fixed already. Um, so the shelter took care of And no that. pint of blood and no home visit. No. And pretty care. much what, what we paid for him pretty much covered what we would have paid for shots and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it was That's a win. Weird. Now, 
I had to go into Petco and buy him a bed and food and all this other stuff that he needs, but he's been great. Um, I think he's about 70% house trained in 48 hours. That's pretty like, good. But I mean, he, again, he just follows Cody outside. He just, he just does what, says, what's yeah. Yeah. We're so outside uh, right now. So I mean, outside uses the bathroom. That that's the way to do it. We have two dogs. They are both 140 years old. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much time the good Lord will give them. Uh, Huxley is my dog. Cooper is my wife's dog. We've had them literally since 2011, I think. Um, and they are terrible dogs, great dogs to us, but we've moved too many times that they regress in their house training. We'll just put it delicately. Um, and now my kids are in the age where they're like, well, your dogs don't like us. They don't cuddle with us. They don't play with us. We need our own dog, but they both want their own dogs. So I'm staring down the barrel of, am I really going to have four dogs in my house? And that's a, that's a concerning thought. But for Cooper, we bought Cooper for $200 off of Craigslist. He came with a box of puppy pads, some pet spray, and like a little bed, but we had to go get him all his shots, spayed and neutered or neutered. Which we didn't have to get him spayed. Is, yeah. There's only two dog genders. We're figuring out the rest about humans, <laughs> but dogs, there's only male and female. So we had to get him taken care of. And that was another four or 500 bucks, plus all the other maintenance that comes with the dog. Huxley, they pitched him as a Yorkie. So they, his price was 350 Still had to go get all the shots. It was like a thousand dollars for Huxley by the time I was all done. The way to do it is to go is to do an adoption event because as I've been looking for dogs right now, dogs three and four potentially, I'm not going to have my dog spayed and neutered and going through that whole process. That will all be taken care of by the shelter. And I'm trying to get a shelter dog. These this is what I was saying earlier, this racket where you could pay like we we were loving golden. Golden Doodles, whatever that is, those are yeah. awesome dogs, and they're great family dogs. They're also like two thousand dollars for a puppy. Yeah, dude, and it's a racket. I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. They're like it's a show dog with AKC champion breed. I'm like that dog is licks his own crotch. Not Riverside, it's not. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not paying two thousand dollars for a dog that does that to himself. If I'm paying two thousand dollars for a dog, he better make his own bed and he better mop the floors. That's all I'm saying. And he Otherwise, better make me coffee in the morning. He better pay rent. There's got to be something. Under no circumstances am I no, paying that's, much for dogs. That's, the crazy that's thing is, for half a minute, I considered it. I was like, I mean, we could move some money around. You know, It's an like, investment. It'll be a great family dog. And the one thing, I'll say this, the one thing that had me thinking like this could be worth it was getting a male that you could stud. And I uh-huh. spent a ton of time researching what it takes to stud yeah so check this so So you landed on no (laughs) yeah but i mean mainly because of the work so a golden doodle or labradoodle uh about between two thousand and twenty five hundred bucks to get it from like a really reputable breeder there were some craigslist people trying to charge me 1400 but no shots nothing okay nothing uh you, if once that dog is between seven and 12 months old, they get to maturity to the point where they can now breed. Stud out. Yeah. yeah. So the going rate for a stud 
for a golden doodle is between a thousand and two thousand dollars, depending on his history of successful impregnation. So that means uh, if he's not You're on the side of, length, of caution, <laughs> right? But but a dog with no history, so like a a, a first time stud, will fetch you between seven fifty and twelve fifty. Okay, plus the pick of the litter. Look at that, which which you then sell for like twenty five hundred bucks. It's so an investment, babe. It absolutely is an investment. So we we started. I, I started looking into this, and not only um, is it all the things you said it is, but there. I mean, it, it gets really graphic. The work you've got to do if you own the stud, yeah, like. Uh, they, they it's it's a lot and i don't, I don't even feel comfortable talking about it i didn't feel comfortable i cleared my browser history when i was done reading about it online i was like yeah no this is not this is too much for me <laughs> babe just in case i need you to know that i was <laughs> yeah i'm a, no this is not it um, so needless to say the looking for single dogs in your area <laughs> <laughs> i was swiping left quickly on uh, on that, it, it was a lot, and we just decided, you know, e- even though this could be a pretty lucrative business, because I mean, you know, yeah. things from a financial perspective, I spent twenty five hundred dollars on a dog, but within a year, I've made thirty five hundred. And the thing about studs is, you can stud them out pretty regularly. I mean, it's, they're not it's like, a thing. yeah, they're not females that like there's a, a gestation period and all that kind of stuff. Like, you, yep. You get it. You make enough good contacts in the Golden Doodle breeding community. You could literally, off of one stud, make fifty thousand dollars in a year. You could pay for your kid's college tuition. Just I'm like that. always, I'm, I'm always about a side hustle too. I'm always looking for a side hustle. And I love it. This this felt cool to me. And then the more I got into it, and the more graphic it got, and the more I cleared the browser history, I just thought this this is not. We're just gonna. I'm not. I'm not we're just gonna it. rock with the rescue for now. Yeah, this, and you know what? We got Dirk, and we love Dirk. Dirk, I love that you named him Dirk. Such a Mavs well, fan. Well, it was it was close there. We almost named him Bobon, which I thought would have been. <laughs> He's in really Houston now. Name. I know. I think we'll get him back uh, at some point we'll in his give career. It time. Yeah, I just he's one of my favorite players of all time. He's one of my favorite uh, personalities of all time in basketball. Uh, so I really wanted to name a dog Bobon. We gave Joel kind of like final approval um and he was into bobon for quite a while and then charity kind of was like joel please can we call him something else what about we just dirk? stick with dirk I and he it. was like yeah i guess that's fine so dirk he is um football season started and your cowboys and my raiders are off to a bad start for different reasons uh Man, did I you don't even wa- know if they're my watch- cowboys anymore i did i did here's the thing okay. um I started watching the game last night, and um, this is the first time I was from- really excited about Week One. I mean, I was excited to watch football. Yeah, me too. And I haven't watched football like actually watched football in a long time, uh, at least five years since I've. It's been like a priority for me to watch a game, and so Sunday night football. Um, you know, it was kind of one of those weird weeks where Tom Brady's my fantasy quarterback and the Cowboys are my fantasy defense. So like I, I kind of cancel each other, cancels each other out at some point. Yeah. So I, I thought, you know, here we are the goat versus my team. 
I'm going to sit and watch this. And some people were, had come over like just kind of casually. Um, and they were like, I didn't even know you watched football. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm trying to be a better fan this year. So I, I turned <laughs> on the on game it. and man, I got so stinking frustrated. Like, yeah. how do you, I just don't get how we're that bad. Yeah. And it's not, it's, it's Again. gotta be execution. It's gotta be coaching like all the talent in the world. And, and these guys are just they're It's brutal. It's, it's absolutely mm-hmm. brutal. I, I don't know how to, I don't know well, there's, how to say it. There's a simple fix. Fire the coach. Trade Jerry. The Jerry well, has to go, man. He's he casts this dark shadow over the team, and they cannot escape it. That's the it only like. Look, I I'm a I'm a Christian man. I'm a pastor. Uh, I I believe that Jesus bore the fullness of the curse so that I could walk in the entirety of the blessing. But I'm telling you, there is something going on on that at that team. In times, man. It's the the last of the last days, apparently. Um, well, but if Jerry sells the team, that will be the true sign of the end times because it's a freaking cash cow, and I can't imagine him stepping away. I can't I can't imagine him stepping away from football operations. I think he just finds so much identity in it. Um, yeah. Have you watched? That's... Well, this is changing the subject. Keep going. That's fine. It reminds me. Of, I'm watch, I'm watch, I've watched a lot of series, documentaries about uh, the Jerry Buss Lakers. Oh, bro, I'm, I love it. It's so good. That's such a good story. There line. are a lot of similarities between the Jerry Jones Cowboys and the Jerry Buss Lakers. And the main thing is that these guys came in with money to buy these teams. But once they bought these teams, owning that team became their identity. Yeah. It became their primary business venture. And... That's the thing about Jerry, like a guy who made buku money in oil, but now all he cares about is the Cowboys. And I think it's because he was a mediocre football player in high mm-hmm. school. Like, and now to have to be around all these football players, it just it, it's an ego thing for him. But yeah, it's, it's not an ego thing for anybody else because we consistently lose and yeah. make fools out of the freaking Dallas Cowboys. It's the owners who have their entire identity wrapped up in a team are not typically good owners. Jerry mm. Jones, um, Steve Ballmer. I mean, Steve Ballmer is like, he's like, it's just, I don't know. His identity was obviously Microsoft. Maybe he's not a good example. Stein, what's his name? George. George Steinbrenner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, these over-intrusive like owners who are like that. That's why Cuban is such a good owner. Right, because Cuban owns the Dallas Mavericks, but he also owns like 15 other things. And like the Mavericks, and he might buys be... three new ones on Shark Tank every week. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I do these other things too, rather than just just this is just my one toy. Like it's like if you had the last sale that I remember was the Clippers. They sold for two billion dollars. Mm. Okay, so say that you had two and a half billion dollars. You don't, but say that you did. Would you rather buy a team for $2 billion and then have a half a billion left over? Or would you rather be like, no, I'm going to hold on to my two and a half billion. Because if you well, bought a team for 2 billion now, like that's, what is that? I'm not good at math. 80% of your right. finances are in that team. You have to obsess over it. Well, the crazy thing about it is guys like, I mean, when, when Jerry Buss bought the Lakers, when Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys, like, they they weren't valued at that level. Like American sports has become such a big business 
that these guys that put, you know, 100, 200, 300 million in 20 years ago are now some of the richest people in America based on the valuation of these teams. And, and it's it's become to the point where the business has taken such a center stage. I mean, we saw this, we've seen this with, you know, collective bargaining agreements and lockouts and strikes that the business of the game, and, and you can't fault these guys because it's their livelihood, but right. at the same time, like they're not necessarily great at it. It's it's bad. It's it's just bad for business and it's bad for the sport. That's what it boils down to for me. Like the business of football is bad for the sport of football. It's true. The same and with basketball. It's bad too. for the entertainment value of it. It's bad for the fan. The business of football has alienated the fans of the of the game. And and I think you know, football has probably taken the biggest hit. Um, just because they have the worst actual commissioner in the history of professional Oof. sports, yeah, in my opinion. Worst. Yeah, I, and I, I mean, but I don't know that that baseball is much far behind. I mean, Rob Manfred's a dope. I mean, well, they're that's the one thing that the NBA is starting to get right is they're they're trying to turn that around a little bit and at least I, make it more fan centric, more player centric. Yeah, and and baseball has got some rule changes that I want to get your opinion on. Uh, I love a good baseball rule change question. That's what makes me great is because I don't know anything about baseball and I offer the best unbiased advice. So by all right. Means. But you are a sports fan and you are a fan of uh, your, your expertise is in basketball, which is where the most action takes place, so to speak. Um, and baseball's goal is to get more exciting. Uh, so in doing that, here, here are the changes that that baseball has made. Tell me what you think. Uh, I, I don't, I don't hate them. Uh, first of all, is the pitch clock. Okay, so the amount of time between pitches now is on a clock. Now they've tried this out in the minor leagues. Okay, one of the goals is to get shorter game times. It has been a uh, three plus hour game for years. They're trying to get it down to two and a half hours. That's kind of the ideal range for them. So shorter games based on pitch clocks. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the pickoff move where runners on first base kind mm-hmm. of off the base and the pitcher throws over to first to get them to kind of stay honest and get stay close to the bag. Uh, They're limiting those to like two per at bat. So it's, it's one of those things where the things that slow the game down and make it boring that fans hate, they're trying to get rid of, or at least limit. Um, how how you how you feeling so far? I hate them both. I wouldn't make a change to either okay. one of those. Okay. Uh they have made the bases bigger. Bases bigger. The actual physical bases are about three inches wider. Why? So what that means is that if you're a runner stealing a base and uh you are just an inch away from from stealing that base this year, next year, you, you got it. So I think stolen bases will go up. And that's one of the things that they're looking to bring more excitement to the game. They're claiming it's a safety thing, right? Like there's a lot of collisions around the base because you got two, six foot three guys with 12 inch feet, like all trying to occupy the same space. Um, So we got fewer ankle injuries and things like that. That's what they say. But to me, it's about the stolen base. Here's the one that uh that i absolutely love are you familiar with the shift 
The shift is uh, if, a, if a batter is, you know, right-handed batter, he's going to pull it more than likely to left field. So everybody shifts into that direction, leaving yes. more of the right side of the field to open. Okay. It's a defensive technique. Uh, yeah. And it really, a lot of guys, a lot of left-handers uh, have, have been affected. I think Corey Seager lost 23 hits to the shift this year. Uh, so basically what it looks like a lot of times is Corey Seager's left-handed hitter, the first baseman, second baseman, shortstop, and a right fielder are all within a very small space because right. the odds on it say he's going to hit it to this particular space. And so then there's no like, you know, hard hit ball into yeah. the gap in right field because there is no gap. Um, and guys, that I hate all these hard more often than not pull the ball. Yeah, I don't hate the shift, but only because I've, I mean, what it does feel like is we are, the shift would be outlawed in this, in this new, and the past. So 2023, there's no more shift. Mm-hmm. Um, it, to me, it's, it feels like we're taking away people's competitive advantage of strategy. Yes. If I you're would... smart enough to figure out how to play a guy who's going to pull the ball 80% of the time. Yeah. You you deserve to be able to get him out. That sounds a little bit like the NBA had that rule where you couldn't intentionally foul players and send them to the free throw line. So they stopped doing that unless it's under two minutes to go or something like, you know, they, they adjust this. The hacker shack spur- rule, right? The hacker yeah. shack, right. That's what the Spurs were notori- notorious for all those years. They're like, we literally cannot stop Shaquille O'Neal. So we're going to start fouling him in the third quarter so that he has to shoot free throws because he's a horrible free throw shooter. And then we at least have a chance to get the rebound. And if he makes one of two, well, the possession only scored half a point or one point instead of two points. Um, The shift might seem a little bit on that. It does sound like a competitive advantage, but here's my opinion about all four of those rule changes that you just proposed. None of those attract new fans. If you don't like baseball now, I'm not going to like it because you gave the pitcher a pitch count. It's not going to change to me. Um, the, the, the stolen bag is that's probably one of the more entertaining plays in baseball. I think from a non-baseball fan, but it's not like it's, you don't even score off of it. I mean, well, that's not a scoring play. Like there's too many two to one games in baseball and it's the old defense wins championships. Um, and, and pitching is basically the defense of baseball, right? So whatever you can do to get guys out and baseball is one of those sports. You know, I was listening the other day. Somebody was talking about the 50, 40, 90 in basketball um, that you've got a, a 50% field goal, field goal percentage, a 40% three, uh, three point and a 90% free throw. And that's unheard of. That's insane. Right. So the baseball equivalent is a three, four, five, which is, uh, a 300 average, a 400 on base percentage, and a 500 slugging. Yeah. But that 300 average, which is, I mean, the these are rare seasons, right? Like guys that average three, four, five are Hall of Famers. That 300 average means you got to hit 30% of the time. Yeah. That's, that's really difficult. I, it's, that's a huge ask for, your average baseball I love, player. I I love baseball. I love 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 baseball. Um, but to I, I'm always going to love baseball. And yeah, but I don't. Like I, baseball. To, to your point, like how are, getting new fans is the name of the game. There's one way to do that. I can fix this for you right now. 
You want new fans? Sure. Get rid of rules against PEDs. Juice every player that wants the juice <laughs> and let these guys swing for the fences. Listen to me. I have one memory of baseball where I wasn't playing, like one legitimate memory. And it was the year that Sammy Sosa and yeah. Mark McGuire, what they hit, both like 60, 70 home runs. Yeah. Was, yeah. And, Mark and I had 70. Sammy had 66. Yeah. And I could, I could put on a TV on a random Tuesday night and tune into a Cardinals or a Cubs game and be entertained because for it was whatever reason, TV. it was must-see. For whatever reason, I felt one of those guys was going to yank it out of the park. That was entertaining. So you want you want new fans? I mean, if you're a fan of baseball, like if you love this game, you've loved it when you were six. My yeah. understanding is you guys don't typically have a lot of athletes who are like, yeah, I just started playing baseball at 17, and now I'm in the majors six years later. But that's not, no. that happens that happens all the time in basketball. It happens yeah. all the time in football. But baseball is a game that you have to love and you have to, like, appreciate. You have to be patient for. You have to put in, like, serious repetition. A shortstop guy has to learn how to dig, get that ball, and he has to make the same throw from 99 different angles to first base and you're and it's, somebody it's less that about likes doing that or not yeah it's less about athleticism and more about skill set yes and a lot of that is repeated motion so doesn't isn't that, bartolo cologne like 600 pounds he i mean i can't speak to his current physical condition but at one point he was quite overweight and still still at, at least moderately successful yeah above average to say the you very least if you saw him in a in a Walmart, you wouldn't be like, look, it's a major league baseball player. You would be like, look, he, would, he, he works here. And <laughs> he sells beer in the stands. Yeah. Right. But that is a, but he has a specific a skill set and he loves the game of baseball. So I, I would true. say to baseball, maybe the, the stolen basis thing, it's, it sounds a little bit like football's stupid rule of being like, we're going to protect players you can't hit anybody above the shoulders look football is lame to watch like that it was lame to watch i mean i was in the uh i was watching the raiders and chargers game and first drive like uh herbert for the chargers he like fakes like he's gonna slide and then he doesn't and he takes like three more steps and then he like kind of falls backwards and nate hobbs a cornerback for the raiders dings him he's no way he could have stopped him no way. And they're like, oh, 15 yard penalty flag. I'm oh like, that's not football, dude. That's that's not football. So this whole idea that like we've expanded the bases because now we don't want rolling ankles. Eh, that's not going to get me to watch your game. You want me yeah. to watch your game? Okay. Allow whichever one of these baseball players who wants to sacrifice their kidneys and go juice up with PEDs, go stick a needle in their arm so that they can get yoked at 38 years old. And then they can hit hit the ball 425 yards 60 times a year. I'll watch. I want home yeah. run derbies. I want I watch the home run derby every year. And this year's was actually cool how they how they messed yeah. with that. They did some cool stuff. They get to take a break, drink a Gatorade, get rehydrated, all that kind of stuff. And and that I part's think at least that you you are not the minority on that. I think that you are pretty much the average American sports fan um, because it's. I hate to say like we're 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 dying or our our game is is kind of 
a thing of the past, but that's well, what's there's no more evolution to it. Like with the NBA, right. if, with the NBA, they they're talking about putting in a uh, they're talking about putting in a a four point line. They're talking about like uh, putting in like these crazy like FIBA rules. There's been talk that they could remove like the goaltending once it touches the rim. They're talking about the Elam ending. Like there's so many things that like the NBA can still technically evolve in so many ways. And and football. Yeah. Football has changed too. Like you've seen as athletes have gotten stronger and faster. There's more passing in football. Like nobody wants to watch a running back run into the back of his line, you well, know, 40 the, times a game the, and get a three yard I carry. Think we see, I think football, we can see it really clearly in the way that fantasy sports is evolving. Yes. Um, yes. And the way things are prioritized, like, you know, the PPR league is, is kind of a thing of the past. Um, so, and, and I'm not even no, big into this. Yeah, the standard league, the standard league. Yeah. Like, if you don't go PPR, like, what are you doing yeah, with your life? It's boring. Right? <laughs> like my head, guy I, had a great game. He got eight points today, eighty yards. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not even as into this as you are. In fact, I was just looking. I lost our, our, uh, our game this week. Thanks a lot, Dallas defense. Um, <laughs> brings me back to that deep childhood wound the thing is is when i first started watching football they won like three championships in a very short amount of time i know it was amazing not anymore not Not anymore anymore. those those days are long gone but jerry's still holding on to him i i think base i think baseball has to really get i mean they're not going to legalize peds and let everybody do that but it it, no and that's there's a thing there's a but there that's the way that people want to do it people want to see the ball get hit they want to see deep bombs and it, you know, it, it's crazy that a sport like baseball, you can have 162 games. Was that what it is? 160, something like yeah, that. Yeah, 162. It's the longest season of any professional sports. And league. you can get all of that. And I don't want to watch any of it. And yet it creates these moments in October that are mind blowing. And they really take all these like time rules and throw them out the window in the postseason because nobody's trying to make game four of the NL conference. Nobody wants that to be two and a half hours. Nobody wants that to be two and a half hours. You, I lost you there. I know you said, tried to say something, but nobody wants to see that game. They want to see that. They want to see every single pitch. They want to see everybody take your time, throw the right pitch. We don't care if it takes 90 seconds in between pitches. Yeah. That's what we're trying to experience. Did you ever watch those Yankees Red Sox ALCS games? They were like crazy. 04, 05. Yeah. With Mariano Rivera and the whole world it was, was nuts. watching. Pedro, it like. Pedro Martinez. I mean, I know I know what these guys, I know who these guys are. That's that's how that's how maybe a shorter, maybe a shorter season is the answer. But um I will in that I will recommend uh, a couple of things to you because I know we're both into uh the the Netflix show and the great sports documentary, the ESPN documentary, the captain about Derek Jeter. It's uh, we watched the first two episodes. It's really phenomenal. Good. It's incredible. I Absolutely didn't realize how crazy amazing. addicted that guy was to this game. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. It'll make you love baseball. He's like um, the Kobe of baseball, like his obsession much. with his obsession with the game. Oh yeah, it's, big time. It's amazing. I also watched uh this magic moment, uh, which is about when the, your lips are close to mine. I don't know that. The Shaq and Penny magic uh Ooh. teams. Yeah, I, I wanna I'd like to see that. That's a 30 that, for 30 
Uh, and it was, that was, what a wild was crazy time. at the end is Shaq going, I regret leaving Orlando. I should have stayed. I should have signed with the Lakers. And I was like, bro, an entire like dynasty. Won three rings. Off say of that. That. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's and nuts. then you you forgot how good Penny Hardaway was. Oh, he I was promise amazing. you did. Everybody so in this good. country forgot how good Penny Hardaway was. Well, he was he, also the first he was marketable star. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he was marketable too. Remember Little Penny? Little Penny Little was Penny. on every. It's a, it's a huge feature in this documentary. You got to watch this. It's on. Uh, it's on all anywhere that all the the thirty for thirties are. Maybe Disney Plus, but at least on okay. uh, Hulu. Hulu. All the 30 for 30s are on there and it's this magic I, I would, moment. I very much want to see that. That was that was a that was a good time. I, I remember that. I had a Coke bottle. I still have a Coke bottle hiding around. It's a Pepsi bottle, actually. It's a glass bottle, and it's got Shaquille O'Neal in our in our Orlando Magic jersey. He's dunking on the side of this Pepsi bottle. And I'm like, I thought this was I thought I had arrived in life in 1993 to have that well, Pepsi bottle. Of, you talk about the difference between like the evolved NBA game. And now like who's the best center in the NBA currently? Probably Nikola Joel Jokic. Embiid. Jokic. Yeah. Yeah. Jokic. Yeah. I, I don't know why I said Embiid, but Jokic, he's won two. MVPs but neither ever. of those, neither of those guys are shattering backboards either. Nope. And Shaq was doing it regularly, more regularly <laughs> than it should be done. Like they at least had to have an extra a, backboard. If he was playing, he, it, it became league mandated. That yeah. they have to have an extra backboard. He he was a machine. Like he was we'll never see a we'll never see a player like Shaq ever again. No, and we'll never see somebody who who was such a unicorn to the league like Shaq yeah. was when he came in. Because Shaq, big and slow as he seems now, and in, in light of things, like he was hustling at the time, yeah. like, especially in Orlando. And, yeah, and the especially average big guy was. Luke Longley and Arvita Sabonis, like yeah, now he was running those boys to school every night. You know, there was a there was a quote that I think Kobe made that he like encouraged. He like basically told him like you don't you don't work as hard as I do, and Shaq was like, "You're right, I don't, and I'm still more dominant than you." <laughs> but he was right. He was seven four, three hundred and sixty pounds. Like yeah. all he had to do was have some air in his lungs, and nobody and- was stopping him. But but Shaq's footwork was unrivaled. It was it was impressive. I was a big Shaq fan then, and this doc reminded me even more so uh, why why I was. I'll have to I'll have to check that doc out. That sounds like a good one. Well, good luck to you on your baseball uh, rule changes. I wish MLB the best of luck. uh, The Rangers suck, so it's whatever. That's all you can do at this time. Um, We have to wrap this up. We're we're hitting our time limit, but it's good to be back. It's going to be back on the mic. We should do this again sometime. Young MC, and not all right. and not wait like six six weeks to do it. Thanks everybody for listening. Don't forget to follow us at the two Stevens on Instagram. You can follow Stephen at Stephen Shelton on Instagram and Twitter. Follow me at the Hailstone. And seriously, you can leave a comment. You can write us at the Stephen and Stephen Show at gmail.com. or you can just hit us up with a DM. It's really not hard. It's the least you could do if you've listened. This just far. tell us you love us. I'm a words of affirmation just, guy. Yeah, you don't even have to get involved with the show. You could just toss us out a positive vibe. Send us a dollar. Or that. Gas that ain't cheap. Gas ain't cheap. We have to drive to get here. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Stephen Seaman Show. We'll talk to you later. Bye.